You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. There we are after this Giants loss, Chris. That was unfortunate to, to witness Cooper Rush coming into the New York Giants building and defeating the Giants in that manner. But there's a lot to discuss with this game. It's another game where the Giants could have easily won, but this time they weren't as fortunate as they were in week one and week two. Yeah, and for the first half of this game, it really could have gone either way. And it it felt like at times the Cowboys were doing everything possible to shoot themselves in the foot. It did seem like that. There was a lot of penalties in this game. There was a little penalty where a homeboy hit the ball away after Chris Myrick flipped it up in the air. I was like, dude, that's an extra 15 yards at this point of the game. That could have swung the momentum huge for the New York Giants. But you got to tip your cap to the Dallas Cowboys offense for the drives that they were able to assemble deep into the second half. They were able to just run the football. And one of the underlying storylines of this game to me, Chris, was how important and pivotal a player like Leonard Williams is to the rush defense of the New York Giants because the, the, the Cowboys were running weak side. They were running strong side. It was Ezekiel Elliott. It was Tony Pollard. I felt like Kellen Moore did a good job attacking outside initially with a what was that like a little jet sweep or a little pitch to Tony Pollard to kind of get the uh, the running game going? But they had a lot of success running the football down the New York Giants' throats, and that's something that doesn't typically happen. The Giants surrendered 176 yards on the ground to Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Yeah, and in granted to them, they are a difficult pair of running backs to prepare for because Elliott is a very physical runner. And Pollard has really great acceleration. So it's a one-two punch that it can catch the defense in unexpected ways. But yes, definitely not having Leonard Williams out there had an effect. Especially you could see that one big run by Pollard where Jason Peters was in the in the lineup when he first got on the field. They went right where Leonard Williams would have been. And he just blew open a massive hole. So hopefully... The Giants will be getting Williams back relatively soon. Uh, it, knee injuries like that, it can be tricky. We'll just have to wait and hear about the, the news from him tomorrow. Absolutely. Speaking of injuries, at the end of the game, just Sterling Shepard jogging down the field, watching him fall and, and crumble to the ground like that is heartbreaking. Sterling Shepard is one of my favorite players on this team, and I hope it's nothing too serious. But, man, this this that's terrible. But this Giants wide receiver situation just is getting murkier and murkier, it seems like, game by game. Kenny Galladay, you're given opportunity in this game. I mean, the first half, I think you played 10 snaps. You had that bad drop on fourth down. Then you come back and you have that other bad drop after the Sterling Shepard drop. It seems like Daniel Jones was just getting pressured the entire night. I'm not sure what else the kid really could have done. He was off on a couple throws, but he was getting hit left and right. Mike Kafka had to allocate so much of his protection, six man, seven man protections with tight ends and running back Saquon Barkley to assist the offensive line who could not block DeMarcus Lawrence, cannot block Dorrance Armstrong and cannot block, of course, Micah Parsons. Yeah. 
Parsons didn't have a sack, and we were talking about this just a little bit before we went live. Parsons didn't have a sack, which is great. The the Giants held him without a sack. They're the first team to do that in a while, but it didn't matter. His presence was completely disruptive to the Giants' offense, the Giants' offensive scheme. I, I, I checked NFL Next Gen stats at halftime, and Daniel Jones' converted air yardage was a little over one yard downfield. That is insane. They The Giants really couldn't look downfield. They didn't have the time. They had to use so much misdirection, get Jones out of the pocket, have him roll and just throw quick little short passes on crossing routes to honestly a lot of Myrick and Bellinger. And playing offense in that way, it, it is so difficult to string drives together because those short passes, yes, they keep Jones more or less upright. They keep the ball moving forward, but it, it makes it so easy for the defense to play downfield. You can't get traction. No, you can't. It doesn't help when the giants are dropping those downfield passes or the giants are getting one of their more, I guess, important downfield passes called back on another just BS OPI. I thought the refs in this game were atrocious, but not just for the New York Giants. I don't think it was like against the New York Giants. I feel like they missed plenty of calls for the Dallas Cowboys too. Like I think I tweeted the Giants defense stiffened up in the red zone, but some of it was on the accord of the fact that Darnay <laughs> Holmes hugged Noah Brown. That's an easy penalty on one of those final Dallas drives too on their third down before they punted the football. I felt like every Giants defender held every Dallas wide receiver. No call at all. But that same stuff was reciprocated for the New York Giants. Just in a terrible officiating job overall, it seemed like to me. Yeah, I also spotted quite a few holding penalties on both sides. It was there's a difference for or there's a difference between you know letting the guys play and missing just obvious penalties that are preventing the game from flowing. You know, the, the game has to be played within the rules. Yes. We could take away, I guess, what are some of the bright spots from this game? Right, Chris? Daniel Jones, I felt like he played relatively well, all things considering, right? Um, you lost this game to Cooper Rush. You remain not winning. <laughs> You're not winning football games in, in prime time, which is definitely something that, is this plague the Giants? Seems like what is Jones 0 and 8 now? And uh, some of these games you could argue, yeah, he could have won, but still, you're home right here. You have the crowd on your side, but the defense didn't hold up like they did in the previous two weeks, which was definitely an issue. And there just was nothing the offense could do from a stopping the Dallas pressure standpoint and from the lack of skilled position standpoint. I did think that throw to Richie James was a dime on that final drive, that little corner route that he hit Richie James over the underneath defender. That thing was layered in there with a solid amount of touch and velocity. So Jones to me looked relatively well. Like if we were Ed, we would probably give Jones uh, not a wet willy and probably not a quilly, right? Uh, probably. Yeah, he did take he did take some risks with the ball that I, I would have preferred him not take. Uh, they tested Trevin Diggs quite a bit, especially early on. He had two could have been interceptions that went right through his hands. Uh, I'm, I'm still not sure how, how that one that wound up going to Sterling Shepard didn't get picked, but that, that worked out. And that's actually a thing Jones did in the first Dallas game last year, where he tested Trevin Diggs quite a bit in that first half before he got injured. 
And then it just finally at the end of the game, Dallas finally hung on to one. This was not a pretty game by really either offense. Talk about the Giants had drops. Dallas had drops. Dallas, I haven't checked the their penalties but man they they were getting terrible penalties at the worst possible time and oh boy did cd lamb need that one drive he had otherwise oof he'd be taking it on the chin in the locker room yeah dallas was eight of 70 and giants were eight of 57 in terms of penalties cd lamb finished the game with eight catches for 87 yards and that beautiful one-handed touchdown subtle little push off but i'm not really too averse to that being called, you know, uh, that was against a Dory Jackson to CD lamb, man. He drops a lot of those passes. I feel like over the middle of the field, like that was right there. That was a beautiful throw by Cooper rush who looked comfortable within Kellen Moore's offense. You know, he's comfortable in that offense. You have to dial up the pressure. You have to get after him, but it seemed like every time the giants attempted to, he answered with just quick game, which is getting the football out of his hands. I felt like he played really well in that aspect of the game. Yeah. I do wonder if maybe Kellen Moore might have spotted a, something or maybe a couple somethings in the tape on Wig Martindale's defense. Because I also noticed when the Giants would give a little bit of a cushion, that's when he'd do those quick wide receiver bubble screens. Just the quick pass right out to the sideline, wide receiver runs, picks up five, seven yards. You stay ahead of the chains, you keep moving. If the Giants played up, then you'd see the passing concepts creating some creating some separation for the wide receivers. It, Kellmore, credit to him. He is a very good offensive coordinator. And I kind of feel like the Giants aren't going to have to worry about him running Dallas's offense for much longer. Now, let's talk about one of the elephants in the Giants locker room. And we mentioned him a little bit before, but that's Kenny Galladay. I don't know if they're Game of Thrones fans here. Everybody right now is going, shame, shame, oh. at Kenny Galladay. You're out there, though, man. And you know what? I don't feel like he said anything wrong when he talked to the media. I do believe like, hey, this is a competitor. If this team does not want to play me, I want to be somewhere else. I don't think that's a ridiculous take by a wide receiver. However, you get in there, Daniel Jones puts it a little bit behind you, but I think that was by design. And I have to see the all 22 to confirm this based on the leverage of the cornerback and where he was heading and you drop it as a huge play in the game right there. Really, that was fourth down. And then later on third down, you have the ball put right on your numbers. You try to make a move, you drop it. Like you can't, be complaining because of lack of playing time. And then when your number is called as a professional athlete, you come up poorly twice. That is horrible. And I can understand completely why New York Giant fans are all on this guy right now. You're getting paid so much damn money to catch the football. And you're not playing because you're not doing what the coaching staff wants you to do. Now you get afforded the opportunity and you drop it. And guess what? Giants are going to have to rely on this guy even more now that Sterling Shepard is hurt. Like what an enigma of a situation the New York Giants wide receiver room is at the moment. Yes. And that is, I think, one of the problems with this team is that they just don't have the horses in the passing game to open things up and get defenses back on their heels. Like the way even without Michael Gallup and trading Amari Cooper away and not having Dak Prescott, Dallas was able to do. Yeah. The Giants need Galladay. They need him to be the $72 million man they paid him to be. And you know, right now he, he is not, not by any stretch of the imagination. And then this morning we have that story from Ian Rappaport about how if the, if this situation doesn't improve, the Giants could well look to trading 
Kenny Galladay. So I, I think we do kind of have to be on trade watch right now. It will not be an, a good or easy trade for the Giants to pull off. There's a pretty good chance they'll have to eat some of his eat some or a lot of his cat money to get a team to to, uh, to accept him, and they're not going to get much back. But we ain't hungry. We ain't hungry, Chris. We no. don't want to eat that. We don't. Oh no, eat that. the Giants are already pretty stuffed. <laughs> We're pretty full at the moment. We are not famished to eat some cat, but that's the only way you're getting rid of him. You might have to Brock Osweiler this and trade a draft pick just to shed that contract to a team who could possibly leverage his skill set as a 50-50 type of pass catcher. It's it's not great. And we had uh, we have a question from Mr. Cruz. What happened to Sterling Shepard, guys? We addressed it. We're not sure. It definitely did not look great. And um, you know, I'm not going to speculate, but it definitely seems like it was serious just because the way he reacted and they had to bring the cart on the field. Prayers up to him, man, because Sterling Shepard is just a guy. He's been one of my favorite Giants since they selected him back in, what was it, 2016 in the second round. But the guy's battled through so much adversity, and he's a team leader here, so it really sucks to see him go. And he's probably the most reliable pass catcher they have other than Saquon Barkley, which is saying something, right? Like, think about the Giants passing game, Chris. Daniel Bellinger is having a huge role. This is a day three pick. Okay, a day three pick. Tanner Hudson is out there running a lot, playing a lot at tight end. This is somebody who wasn't even here for most of training camp. Richie James, David Sills. It's just so weird, dude. Yeah, right now their passing game is pretty much Sterling Shepard, Bellinger, and Richie James. That's it, with the occasional catch to David Sills. Yeah, and when you, that is not ideal. And when you go up against a team like Dallas, who can really put the pressure on your quarterback, you need to take that tight end, have him chip. That delays the release. Sometimes you have to have him just outright help out Evan Neal, who did not look good in this game. And then you have to put Saquon Barkley off on the wing, have him help the other side sometimes. The Giants, man, like I'm surprised Daniel Jones was able to stay back in the pocket and extend some of those plays like he did because he had like seven-man protections. He had to keep his eyes downfield, and somehow Dallas was still getting into the backfield. And I felt like he was really decisive, Daniel Jones, that is, with his legs, picking up some yardage. I felt like he did an excellent job in that area of, of, of play out there. But, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't enough. Yeah, I would say Daniel Jones is the runner. It's probably the Giants' best offensive player right now. <laughs> and there were, I think, more than a few designed quarterback runs where he dropped back to pass and he had absolutely no intention of throwing that ball. He just got the defense to turn their back just a bit, you know, spread the seas in the middle and just take off and pick up what he could get. Yeah. Good play calls too, Chris, right? Because oh. Oh, yes. three by one sets, and then they would take Saquon Barkley, who was to the one receiver side right before the snap. You fast him out. So that's a fast four in that direction. What does that do? Remove one player from the box. He follows Saquon Barkley. And now you have Daniel Jones. Just take the snap, take a step back. Everybody's flowing towards Saquon Barkley now. And you just run it right up the middle. All you have to do is have your offensive lineman fan and just push everybody outside, open the middle of the field. And now it's going to be Daniel Jones against safeties coming down. So the excellent play calls. I think they use that twice too. Yes. Yeah. I, I always do get a little bit nervous when you see the quarterback just taking off and running, especially when it is you know, Daniel Jones and not Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray, you know, guys who are not just athletic, but have otherworldly quickness and acceleration. Jones is fast, but he's kind of fast in a straight line. He's so, not, he's not overly like laterally fast. Really. Exactly. So yeah, you, you, you do have to be careful giving defenders a a free shot on your quarterback like that. Fortunately, Kafka has, is a great play caller, and he's a very judicious play caller, I think. And 
you know, he is, he seems to pick good moments to use these plays. And just to circle back to the Sterling Shepard injury, it looks like he's just running downhill and his, or downfield rather, and his left leg just kind of collapses underneath him. It's scary. I hope it wasn't a patellar tendon that just let go, you know, basically the Victor Cruz injury, but oof. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Got to look up, because uh, I'm not even sure which leg it was it was it's his left knee oh um the the injury that he the achilles was that left or was that right i'm gonna look it up right now on draft sharks you know Sorry, off the top of my head, i do off the top of my head i i couldn't tell you uh i can attempt to fill some airtime here but yeah yeah i, I, really I believe it was the right but like again i don't know how accurate this this website is but either way it, it's a devastating loss for the new york giants if it is going to be long term and you know, just I, I hope he can just be healthy because he's one of the better individuals in the NFL as Troy Aikman and Joe Buck acknowledged on the telecast. Yeah, absolutely. I, I am a huge fan of Shepard as well. Yeah, I loved it when the Giants drafted him. I actually called that draft pick. So, you know, I had a little extra skin in the game. How'd you do on this last draft there, Chris? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, great. <laughs> Great. We won't talk about uh, rounds two through seven. Uh, I, I love busting your chops. But we talked a lot about the offense. And we mentioned at the top of the show the defense. But before we get out of here, I think we should mention just – I think the, the underlying storyline, like we said, was the loss of Leonard Williams. He w- did not dress for this game. And it seemed like the Giants really struggled to stop the rushing attack, which is not like – the new or is not like Wink Martindale defenses. He's typically really sound against the run, but you could tell they were missing Leonard Williams. Dexter Lawrence can only do so much. And I also noticed a lot more linebackers. It seemed like on the field, at least early on in the game. And that's not something we want to see because the giants and linebackers, they're very weak. You want to see multiple safeties, but against a team like Dallas, who wants to run the football on the road with the backup quarterback, they're going to want to use big personnel, which is going to force you to play Calitro and McFadden over some of those, safeties that you'd rather see on the football field. Yes. And you know, I, I would have liked to have seen more pressure from the giants. Yeah. Yeah. Not that Martindale was playing conservatively because he isn't, that's, that is not what Wink Martindale does. Uh, I, I think his head would explode if he actually had to play conservative football, but the pressure the Giants sent, it just was not getting to Cooper Rush. Now, Cooper Rush is a good backup quarterback. That's, you know, former giant Cooper Rush, who uh, Dave Gettleman, Joe Judge cut. We can yeah, wonder about the uh, the wisdom in that 
especially considering they actually picked Mike Lennon, but whatever. But I I was a little surprised at how much Dallas ran the ball. They basically ran a 50-50 split between passing and running plays. And, you know, that that isn't the type of balanced offense you see often in the modern NFL. No, it is not. Chris, I got to ask you, as a person with red tint to your hair, do you think you could be a backup quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys? You know, Cooper Rush, Andy Dalton, Jason Garrett. (laughs) You know, it's entirely possible. Although they'd need some shorter offensive linemen. I mean, if people worry about Kyler Murray and uh, (laughs) Baker Mayfield, my my five foot six self ain't going to get it. Also, I'm left-handed, so. Ah, That's two strikes against me. Two strikes. But yeah, Tony Pollard finished with 13 carries for 105 yards, had that 46-yard long run. Ezekiel Elliott, 15 for 73, ended up falling into the end zone, getting a tutty. Man, Pollard is a different animal, bro. That dude is explosive. Every time he was on the football field, I was like, you need to have Xavier McKinney or somebody like spy that dude anytime it's a passing situation, similar to how Wink Martindale was able to negate the overall effectiveness of Christian McCaffrey in week two. But I mean, Pollard beat him on a couple of different plays. And I just got to tip my cap to Dallas's offense. Felt like they stayed on script and they got the best of this, this Giants defense, albeit they were without Leonard Williams. But even still, they were on the road and they uh, they were able to execute very, very well. I think they mentioned on the telecast, Cooper Rush was like 12 of 13 at one point in the second yeah. half throwing the football. Like that is not something that you, that's not something that can happen against a backup quarterback at home in prime time, not to mention, you know, uh, uh, it's just, I don't know. It, it, it was, uh, it was unfortunate that the giants couldn't get the pressure that we, we hoped they would be able to, but you got to credit sometimes your opponent. Yeah. Especially with Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojalari coming back. Yeah. They weren't on the field all the time. I noticed quite a bit of Jihad Ward and yeah. O'Shane Zimenez out there, but those guys got pressure in the first two games. I did notice we did see a little bit of what we were afraid of. Actually, maybe even more than a little bit during the preseason and offseason with this defense is that the big plays were there to be had against this defense. And part of that is that the, the pressure just was not able to get home against Cooper Rush. The, the Giants didn't force him off his spot. They didn't force him to expedite his process or make bad decisions or throw the ball away when there were guys open. Yeah, none of that got there. And we did see, we finally saw the downside of this defensive scheme. I wouldn't trade it, but it's something we need to be aware of. And we knew that that downside was going to rear its ugly head sometimes. And yes. you know what? There was the one drive after the the field goal, I believe it was by Graham Gano, one of the first 51 yarder where the Giants forced a three and out. That was a huge moment in the it game. Was. You know, and I can't wait to get into the all 22 to really see how exactly that happened and how Kellen Moore was able to to notice what Wink Martindale was doing and then adjust based off of it. And to Aziz Ojolari, I mean, yeah, it didn't seem like he was out there all that much, but he did draw that holding penalty against Smith, which I felt like was it was a very, very good move where he looked like he could dip low and he wrapped right around Smith, stayed tight. And the only way Smith could negate a sack happening was to hold him in that uh, area. And the refs actually saw it and they flagged it. Yeah, that that that's one of those I suppose you could say good holding penalties where yeah you're you're hurting your offense you're moving yourself back five yards but your quarterback ain't getting hit so no yeah. exactly and special teams oh man too it's been something that's been irking me since the yes. since preseason man you let that huge punt return to that 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 dude looks like he shot out of a rocket bro that guy is fast man Turpin yeah, that, he's a he's a weapon 
Yeah, the, I I honestly thought he was going to muff that punt. He he met the ball going so fast and then just accelerated from there. I was honestly a little surprised that Jamie Gillen was able to get him down with just basically one hand on his thigh. I, I thought he was going to complete the hurdle and go, and just finish that return for a touchdown, which, man, that would have been a backbreaker right there. Yeah, you can't even come back from that, though. But Jamie yeah. Gillen, dude, low-key. That guy is a stud, man. He flies in there like a safety, making some of the hits that he can deliver. One thing I will say, too, Dallas plays Washington next week. They better watch out for Turpin in the in the red zone. I know Gallup will be back, but whatever play that Dallas had dialed up, and there seemed to be some sort of miscommunication when Turpin was up at the top of the screen, and there seemed to be a miscommunication. They handed the ball off to Elliott for like a short gain, but the offense seemed like, oh, well, what are we doing? Are we doing this play? They have something dialed up in their arsenal to get that kid to football in the red zone. It didn't come out this game, but it's definitely something that I feel like could happen if Gallup does not play next week or if they just want to get tricky in that area of the field. Yeah, which, hey, get get tricky against Washington. Go right ahead. <laughs> yes. Chris, do you have anything else on this game, or are you just waiting to get the film, and then we'll really dive into everything? Exactly that. And also, yeah, kind of looking forward to bed a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for those of us out here, it's almost Tuesday on the East Coast. I don't know what Tuesday is. <laughs> it's the day after Monday. Okay, there we go. Monday. That one's that one's that one's pronounced well. Now nah, I'm just messing with you, man. But hey, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show, our live stream here on Big Blue View Radio. After this disappointing Giants lost 23 to 16 at the hands of those hated Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants will look to redeem themselves next week at home against the Chicago Bears. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Take care of each other and have a lovely one. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Home the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.